0: Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Praise God. If you turn in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 17, Matthew 17, it was great this morning to be where we were and to see so many churches coming together in different denominations and to see what God was doing among us and I must admit I've, I've never been to an event where we've seen uh, where the freedom was there to see God move and I really feel like there's a real breakthrough uh, for this city as churches are going to come together. Just to remind you that coming up in, I think it's in May, is Pentecost Sunday, the church is 24th, This 24th isn't it May? Uh, on a Sunday, we will be joining the churches again. I believe then that in the Grafton Centre, around last year, there's around 300 people came to that. So it's a lot bigger event. And I believe that there's going to be some uh, key people getting involved in the worship there. And also us, we're, we're, we're given the freedom to go and pray for the sick again and, and see God move. So I want to encourage you to join in these events because we're getting to know the city more and the people in other churches as well, which is great, isn't it? Amen. Matthew chapter 17 and we're picking up in verse 1. It says this, after six days Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen. Until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Then I want you to turn in your Bibles now to the book of Acts. Chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 9. We've now gone from, we've just read about the transfiguration of Christ. And now we're moving and jumping to Acts where we're talking about the ascension of Christ. I'm going to explain a little bit more about this in a minute. But it says this in verse 9. After he said this. He was taken up before their very eyes. That's Jesus. This is after the the resurrection and now we're in the book of Acts. After this, he was taken up before their very eyes. Sounds a little bit similar, doesn't it, to the transfiguration, all the kind of things they saw. And a cloud hid him from their sight. It says this, verse 10, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I read about those two things, the transfiguration and the ascension of Jesus, they sound like pretty spectacular moments, don't they? They sound like amazing moments to be there to see. Never mind uh, seeing the, the crucifixion and the, the resurrection, but just these two points and you're probably wondering why on earth am I preaching on the transfiguration and the ascension of Jesus and kind of not mentioned anything in the scriptures about the cross. But I want to just talk to you this morning because why is it that Jesus shows this, his followers, he takes them up a mountain, he says he takes them high up this mountain to show them his glory in the transfiguration. And he says to them at the end, they're so blessed by what they see. I mean, you imagine this. They're looking and they see Jesus in this way. They've been wandering around with him for so long. And then all of a sudden they see him in this glorious state. They're so overwhelmed by this experience. They're so overwhelmed by seeing Jesus in a glorified state. I mean, for me, just to see Jesus do some miracles, I think that's pretty glorious. If I saw him raise Lazarus from the dead, i think that's pretty glorious. i think, wow, I want to be around this man. But this must have been extremely above and beyond that. Miracles and healings. This was seeing Jesus in his glorified state. And then it jumps ahead. We jump to Acts and we see the ascension. When Jesus ascends to heaven and he says, And the two men dressed in white said, Don't stand looking into the sky. You'll find many Christians doing that. All they do is they just want a ticket to heaven and they're just waiting for him to come back. They're not ready to do any work on the earth. They're not ready and bothered to, about doing anything else. They're just waiting intently looking. Saying I'm waiting for Jesus to return. I'm watching the signs. But let me tell you this. In between that, m- these two key events. These are two spectacular moments. First of all the transfiguration of Christ. Showing the glory of Christ. But it wasn't his full glory, because we know that his full glory came through dying on the cross for us. But I want to tell you, I don't know if you've ever seen when you see the trailers of a film, and you see, you watch the trailers, and I I like watching trailers and thinking, sometimes me and Emma are choosing films and we're flicking through it. takes, Doesn't it take you a long time to choose a good film sometimes? you You're flicking through and you spend more time, you probably spend about an hour and a half, looking through the trailers to choose which one. And sometimes we sit down and we have our dinner and I say, shall we watch a film? And Emma says, just eat your dinner first because you take 30 minutes to choose one. And I watch the trailers and then read and, and watch. But let me tell you, the trailers normally show you the real key highlights of what's coming. And what these guys saw when they went to the top of the mountain with Jesus, what they were seeing is, was a trailer of the, the full thing that was about to happen. They were so caught up by it. They were so that um, they were overwhelmed by what they saw. He says this that they saw this and they wanted to make three shelters: one for Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So they wanted to they wanted to stick at the top of the mountain. That's where they wanted to be. But Jesus said this, as we know, the story uh, moves on. He says that he wants to them to keep quiet about what they've seen until he's been raised from the dead. <laughs> takes some people to keep quiet, doesn't it? And they saw a trailer, they saw the footage trailer, almost we've been seeing some miracles but this is, he was saying boys you're going to see something now and you're going to realise this is going to put it all into perspective because when I die on the cross you're going to realise what you've seen but you've seen a trailer. Then he dies on the cross and then later on the ascension comes in Acts and we read that he went to heaven. They must have been thinking, "Ah, we've seen this before, we know, we believe him. But I want to talk today, I want to use this illustration of the transfiguration of the trailer of the movie of Easter, what was about to come, and point out some things to you today, because I believe that the most important part is in between. It was a trailer, but he said you can't stick at the top of the mountain because the work's not done. So many people today, you will find, want Christ and they want the religion, they want the comfort but they don't want to go through the cross. They don't even want to mention the cross. They don't want to talk about the brutality of the cross, and they miss this bit out sometimes. I don't know if you read this. I never like bringing politics into into religion, or kind of they kind of work together sometimes. But I'm. Me and Tim were in the car this morning, we were saying on the way over here, saying that the elections coming up and the things that are happening in our country, there's never been a more crucial time for us to be interested in politics. As Christians, we should be interested in knowing who's going to be a leadership of our country. Because godly values can be eradicated so quickly. David Cameron, without mentioning names, David Cameron, our Prime Minister, said this about Easter. Just recently said, Easter is all about remembering the importance of change, responsibility and doing the right thing for the good of our children. And today that message matters more than ever. I don't know if Easter means about just that. I didn't hear him mention anything about the cross. I didn't hear him mention anything about the brutality of what Jesus did to pay the price for sin and healing for the nations. All we hear is doing good and changing our attitudes and morals. Yes, when we're changed by the power of the cross, it will change these things. But I'm telling you, we're in an hour now where people are starting to remove the cross from the story. And what they do is they live in transfiguration and ascension. They live in all the glorious side of it. On the mountaintop they want the comfort. They build the shelters of religious shelters. But they're not interested about the little bit in between. Jesus said don't tell anyone about all this stuff of what you've seen. Because there's a more important thing to do. We've got to go back down the mountain. And I've got to die on the cross. Wait till I'm raised from the dead. Then start telling them about all the comfort stuff. And all the great glorious things. But I'm going to pay the price first. Because you will not be a participant in any of this until I fulfill what my Father has called me to do. In other words, I'm telling you today, I'm looking at scriptures that are not necessarily even the, the Easter story. I'm saying this is the trailer. But I'm telling you what's we cannot miss, the in-between part. You see, you can't have a resurrection without a cross. You can't have it. You can't have a resurrection without a cross and vice versa. And let me tell you this. The transfiguration was not enough to save anyone. They must have looked there thinking. Well we can just stay here. We can be happy for, forever after. But I'll tell you what. Death wouldn't, was not overcome. And so many of us we can look and we can dismiss the brutality of the cross. But the transfiguration The trailer to the full movie that without the work being done on the cross, it could not save you. It shows us the importance of the cross. The cross makes the difference. It fills in the difference between the transfiguration of Jesus before and the ascension. It's the in-between piece. We say today the cross of Christ is offensive to some people. They don't want to talk. They don't want to mention about Jesus dying on the cross. Suffering and bleeding for you and for me. The title of my message today is this. The cross still stands. The cross still stands. Do you know what? There's nothing smart about this message today other than this. In fact, this is the best title ever you can see. It's about Jesus and the cross. The cross stands above it all. We sang it this morning. The cross still stands. I want to remind you as believers, if you're not a believer today. Or if you are, that in the future as we head into this next season of what God is doing in our land. We need to make sure that the cross is not missed out. And that we don't live in this kind of transfiguration type attitude of just glorified shelters on the mountain. First Corinthians 1 18 Paul said this, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who have been saved, it is the power of God. He also said in verse 23 we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and foolishness to the Gentiles. Number one, today I want to say this the cross stands out. The cross stands out stands out. Out of any religion you will ever find, the cross of Christ stands out above everything. Everything in our lives, we should always come, if you're struggling, come back to the foot of the cross. Because the cross stands out. What does this mean in the transfiguration? Matthew 17, 2-3. Jesus, what they saw in the trailer of the Easter story, what they saw in the, glo- in the glory of Jesus, Jesus' face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. I don't know if you've seen this before, but remember, just out of the three people, these three key people, Jesus shone above Moses and Elijah. He says he shone bright. People looked at, these guys looked at all three. They wanted to build shelters equally for all three. But let me tell you today that Jesus, the cross, stands out above any other religion. It stands out above any other man in the Bible. It shines, it shines above everything and it comes and meets us today, it has never ever lost its power. Moses and Elijah appeared but even though they appeared, these great men, I know that I'd love to go and have a chat and I'd probably like to build a shelter and have a chat with Moses and Elijah but let me tell you this, what was important that day is that Jesus was the centre. That people saw that he was the important one. He stood out from the rest. He he shone like the sun. Remember Jesus when he was on the cross. And he was beside the other two criminals. People looked at them. And for some they looked and they just treated Jesus like he was equal to the other two criminals. They didn't see any difference with Jesus to the criminals. They looked at all three and they cursed and hurled insults at them. And to them, even the Pharisees, even the religious people of the time, they looked at all three and they equaled them. They said, these, these are all sinners. But as we know this, Jesus, he was not a sinner. He had no sin in him. He was the perfect sacrifice. It wasn't only until after this. Matthew 27 verse 54, when they saw how Jesus died, he says this, when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that happened, this is when he was dying, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. I don't know about you, but they found out a little bit too late. They found out a little bit too late, only moments before that earthquake triggered, when Jesus died and he committed his spirit to his father, just before then, they were hurling insults, they were gambling at his feet. And Jesus says, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. People cursed him saying, if you're the son of God, come down from there. None of them believed him. They saw all these three men just like um, just before Moses and Elijah. You can look at all three and see the same and you think they're all equal. Let's build a shelter for everyone. Right now at the cross, they're looking at three individuals and most of them didn't see the difference. But it wasn't until after when they saw how he died. Boy, oh boy, that's an amazing scripture that the centurions, the one who would killed him, they looked up. And they said this, surely he was the son of God. It was too late. They had the choice before. They could have carried his cross saying, you know, this is, this is all wrong. This is, this is, this is a mistake. You shouldn't be dying. You're perfect. We said it the other day on Good Friday that one of the men received Jesus. And he says that today you'll be with me in paradise. Thankfully, one of those men recognized who he was. I want to ask today, when you look up, Do you look at Jesus against others who've died? Do you think sometimes, well, other people have died in this world. Other people have died for things and died for people and in love. What makes Jesus so special and you and the enemy sometimes will come to change the way you think and make you think that he's just like anyone else who could die for someone else, who could lay his life down for his friends. But do you know that Jesus went above and beyond that because he was the son of God. We sung this morning, he was the darling of heaven crucified. How does Jesus appear to you today? Who is he does he, How is he when you look at him? Do you see who do you see? Do you see an ordinary man who did this great thing for you or did a great thing in, in in history and it seems like a fairy tale? or do you look and does he shine? Does the cross shine out? Does he stand out above everything as the son of God? Just a few weeks ago, the sun just a few weeks ago the eclipse happened didn 't it with the sun and the moon? I was waiting for everything to go pitch black. I was, we were was at the kids' with, uh, at school, and Emma said, it's going to happen around about 9.30, and I thought, I can't wait for this. It's gonna, everything's just going to go really black. And I said, is this it? It depends where you are, I suppose, in parts of the world, but to apparently to look at the sun, to see this, you needed special glasses. You need to use special glasses. Because you can't look, it was so bright. He says that Jesus shone like the sun. I don't know about you, but you need to look at him and see him for who he really is, not just an ordinary person. And let me tell you this, you don't need special glasses either. You don't need special glasses to look at him, because he'll let you see him for who he is. He wants to reveal in your hearts today again who he is. He's not just an ordinary person. He's the light of the world. John 8, 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let me tell you this, the cross was a dark place. We sometimes say it's a great place. It was a dark place, because it's right at the cross where Jesus took the sins of the world upon him. A dark place where even his father went silent on him. It was that dark place. Do you know that that he looked to his father and said, Father why have you forsaken me? You're saying oh the cross is a great place. It is a great place because it's where you were saved. It's where your ransom was paid in full. But it was one of the most darkest places and the reason why people are not talking about it today is because it's so brutal, it's so dark but on one side it brings light. It's so dark because even the father went silent on Jesus and he knew what it was for the father to turn away from him for just a moment. And I want to tell you today, those who need the light in their lives, those who need Jesus to come and change inside of them again. You need to look to him today. You need to look to the cross because the cross stands out above everything. Ephesians 5 verse 13 to 14, Paul says this, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light, that is why it said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you, Christ will shine on you. How many want Christ to shine on them today? I want you to prepare in your hearts today, because God could come and shine into your circumstances. There's nothing special about the front. There's nothing special about coming in, but Jesus wants to come and shine again in your hearts, where there's darkness. Maybe there's sin in your life today. Maybe there's things that you are hiding from God. But when the light comes, it exposes it exposes the darkness of our hearts. And it's only when you come back to the cross and you submit to God and you say, God, I need you to come and change me inside. Number two, the cross speaks out. It doesn't just stand out from what we see. It speaks out. Matthew 17 verse 4 to 5. In the transfiguration story, it says, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. You know, we want to camp here. We don't want to go back down. It's, It's terrible down there. We want to stay on the mountaintop. We want to put up three shelters for you. One for Elijah and Moses. We want to stick around here. Let's have a party. They wanted to build these shelters. They saw all three. Equal is important, but let me tell you this, not only did Jesus, not only does the cross stand out from all three people stood there on Calvary that day, but let me tell you this, right on top of transfiguration in the trail of the video, when they were looking and they were seeing all these three, and they were seeing that he shone out brighter, that he, sh- he shone like the sun, and he stood out from the rest, not only that, but his voice stood out from the rest. What does it say? In verse 5, while Peter was still speaking, and that's when he, what he means there, is when he was speaking, saying let's make some shelters, let's stick around up here. While Peter was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased, listen to him. In other words, his voice is more important than Moses and Elijah. It's more important than any voice. They'd seen the glory. They'd seen Jesus shining out. They want to make these shelters. But now they want to hang around there and have a conversation. Because it says Jesus was talking with Moses and Elijah. In other words, there were some voices going on. So in other words, we want to just hang around here and listen to all these voices. But do you know what? As soon as they said, let's do this, that's when God intervened. And a voice from heaven came and said, no. Listen to him, he is my son, he is more important than Moses and Elijah. It says that as soon as this happened, they fell to the ground on their knees, and they were terrified. And when they fell to their knees and they were terrified, it says this, that they looked up and that Jesus came and told them to get up, and they looked up and saw him, but there were only one voice that they saw, they wanted one person they saw, and it was Jesus. In other words, his voice speaks out. The cross speaks out louder than anything, any other religion. I'm so happy today. I'm so happy today that my parents brought me to know Jesus. You know, sometimes people have not the privilege. I had the privilege that my parents took me to church. And sometimes I think, I used to think when I was younger, have I got it wrong because my parents have brought me here. I could have gone to any other religion. Maybe they've got it wrong. But over the years I've come to learn that the power of the cross, I've never seen anything like it in the world like Jesus. There's nothing. No one's ever presented anything to me. When I go to the streets and I talk to people of other religions, and I'm like, this just seems so empty. Where is the life? Where is the cross that stands out, that shines brighter and speaks louder? The cross speaks a louder voice. God didn't want them glorifying the voices of all three. He wanted them to glorify one voice and the cross today speaks louder than anything else. In Hebrews 3 verse 1 to 3 just looking at the author writes, believed to be Paul, writes that Jesus is greater than Moses. He says, Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. In other words, everything that Moses had been doing, Jesus was the builder of everything Moses had operated in. There it is, in Hebrews, it reminds us that Moses is no, not any more important. Jesus is the key person. I said it this morning, he's the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. In Hebrews twelve twenty four, he says this, that Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word. The blood and the cross. None of us want to talk about the blood that was shed. Isaiah prophesied and he said that Jesus was marred beyond human description. In other words, you couldn't even hardly recognize him. His flesh was ripped apart for us. You know, when you think about it, those other guys on the cross, Jesus, he took the flogging first. He took all the brutality of the flogging before he was crucified. Because Pilate, as we know, wanted him. He didn't want to crucify him at first. He wanted to treat him like this, then show him and say, look, you don't need him to be crucified. Jesus took a double portion He didn't need to be flogged. They could have just took him straight to be crucified. But first of all, he takes the flogging. But it speaks a better word. The power of the cross speaks a better word than anything. It says it speaks a better word than Abel's blood. In other words, Abel's blood was all about vengeance. Getting back and vengeance. But what does Jesus' blood speak? It speaks of forgiveness. But it speaks a better word, Amen. I'm so glad today that his word speaks through generations and his blood cries out to us today to come and be forgiven of everything we've ever done. His blood spoke louder than the criminal's blood on that cross. His blood was perfect. 1 Peter 2 verse 22, reference from Isaiah. He says, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. In other words, Jesus was perfect perfect in every way he was the perfect sacrifice on the cross that day for you and for me if there's anyone you need to trust your life in today if there's anyone you need to put everything and throw everything onto it's Jesus it is Jesus because he was the perfect one he was sent from his father to rescue us and to save us from our sin Matt Redmond sings a song I love the words, I used to sing it years ago, the cross has said it all. I can't deny what you have shown. The cross speaks of a God of love, there displayed for all to see. Jesus Christ, our only hope, a message of the Father's heart. Come, my children, come on home. Amen. The cross has said it all. The cross has said everything we need. Number three today, finally, the cross, when it speaks and it shines out through generations, it also does this, the cross lifts you out. I want to tell you today that whatever circumstances you bring today, if it's sickness, if there's things in your life today like there is sin and you feel like you cannot try again. You cannot do this. You can't walk the Christian life. I want to tell you today that the cross has the power and the power is present here to lift anyone out. It has the power to pick you up again. For me, I know what that is because I lived a life totally away from God. I didn't think there was any forgiveness for me. I didn't think he could forgive me of the things I'd done. But he lifted me up. And he put me in a place where I could stand again. There was a part of the song we sung this morning says that he stands us. He gives us great standing or something like that. And he puts us in a firm place. Finally in that transfiguration, that trailer of the movie, it says this. When the disciples heard this, when they heard Jesus, they fell When they heard the father, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. And this is what he said, get up. He said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. I want you to listen to me very carefully now. Because this is when they're down on the floor. And they're on their knees. Because they have heard the father speak that this is my son, listen to him. What does it do? It takes them to their knees. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Sometimes I meet people when I'm out and I just think when they try to debate and argue, I think one day you're going to know. Because one day I won't have to tell you, you won't need me. Because when you see him, it says every eye will see There's signs in the sky at the moment. There's things going on in this world that are showing us that the time's coming for his return. But I'm telling you now, internet and all these things that you can see through the TV and the ability to see all across the world the signs that are happening, that you will not need TV and internet for the day that Jesus returns. When he returns and he comes back, every single eye will see him. And do you know the first thing that will happen? There won't be arguments and debates saying your religion was right. He says every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And I cannot wait for the day when that happens. I hope I'm here to see his return. I'm as sure as sure he's coming. But let me remind you, this is what happens when we see Jesus for who he is. When we see the power of the cross, it will bring you to your knees. The first thing it does, it takes you to your knees. What it did for me is it took me down. It doesn't lift you up straight away, it takes you down. Because you realize how unworthy you are. And, and you don't, you don't, you're not worthy of anything that Jesus did for you. None of us are worthy. Sometimes I'm trying to do things in my life and I'm thinking, I need to feel worthy for, for what I'm doing. But Jesus says, you were never worthy in the first place. You were never worthy. You would have never done it on your own. None of us in this room today are worthy of the cross. But Jesus still did it. And that's what I'm saying. When the father came and they heard this voice. And he said, listen to him, he's my son. And they realized who he was. It brings them to their knees. But Jesus, thankfully, comes along. And he doesn't say, stay down there and feel condemned. And realize that I'm better than you. And that that's your place on the floor. But he says this, get up. Get up. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. So many of us are afraid when we're sinners. We think our sin takes us down to our knees. We feel unworthy and we think, I cannot get back up. I'm not worthy. And Jesus, all he's probably telling me is stay down because that's all you're worth. You're not good enough. But his word to you today is this. Whatever sin you've got in your life, whatever things are, are harboring you from knowing who he is fully, the, the, the word to you today is this, get up. Don't stay down. Get up. And don't be scared. There's only one who brings fear. And that's the enemy himself. He will bring a spirit of fear to condemn you, to put you in your place and say, stay down. You don't belong up. But God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. When they heard this voice, they were terrified. They fell face down. But he's the one today who can stand you to your feet again. If you feel like you're a sinner today. Sometimes people come to church and we're so good at putting the masks on. We're so good at coming in here. And we're so good at saying, do you know, I'm, I'm doing the church thing and hiding it. But you know what? The best thing you can ever do. And it's the, it's the thing that I always realize is get on my knees. I say, God, I don't care about anyone else. Because I know that whatever I do, I'm never worthy. In fact, really, I could spend all my life on my knees. I could spend my life always coming to the altar calls. But the important thing is that you come, you repent, and then you get up again. You don't stay down. He didn't call us to stay on our knees. Yeah, we should worship him and praise him. But he calls to get up. Psalm 40 verse 2. David, the psalmist, wrote that God lifts him up. He said, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. That's what he wants to do for you today. He doesn't condemn you. He says, I want to lift you up out of this mud, out of the pit. Out of that place, that lowest place that you've been getting yourself. When you've been doing some of the sins that you know that people you don't want anyone else to know about. There's things that people, if it was on the screen now, you would cry if they showed you the first few minutes of last week. If it was publicly exposed. Let me tell you, every single one of us are the same. We've all got things to hide. Don't worry about coming to the front and people thinking whether you're a good Christian or not. Because the best thing, the one thing to overcome sin, the one thing to overcome fear, the one thing to break the power of the enemy is to come to the cross. Is to come again and say, God, I'm a sinner and I want to repent and I want to come before you. I want to be cleansed and washed clean. I understand the power of the cross, Lord, and I need it in my life because it's what saved me. It's what gave me a skip in my step when I first surrendered my heart to you. But today I feel so low. I don't feel like I can do it anymore. Well, Jesus says, come back. Come back to the cross. Come back to your first love. Come back to your first love. See in Luke 5 verse 8, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but Jesus, he talks about the miraculous catch of fish. And Peter goes out to get this fish and a miracle occurs. And they have too many fish to hold in their nets. And Peter comes back. Yes, this is Peter who denies Jesus. This is Peter who gets the prophecy that he is going to be the rock that the church is built on. This is Peter who preaches in Acts at the beginning and sees thousands come to Christ. Yes, this is Peter, but at one point in his life in Luke 5. He says, when Simon Peter saw this miracle of all the fish that had come in the nets, this, this great thing God had done for him that he didn't feel worthy of, it says this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me. Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they'd taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Look what Jesus says to him, same thing again, he says this, Simon don't be afraid, from now on you're going to fish for people, in other words, same Jesus, different story, same principle, he says this, he says Simon, you see Simon Peter, he's been out, he's seen this miraculous catch He's seen that God will give him some of the greatest things he's ever seen. He's been a fisherman all of his life. He's gone out in these waters. He knows these waters like the back of his hand. He knows everything about these waters. Then all of a sudden a man comes along like Jesus and says, Go out and I'm going to show you that you'll get a miraculous catch. He comes back. They see so many fish. They're all astonished, including Peter. It's so astonishing to Peter that he falls on his knees before Jesus and says, I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy. I'm a sinful man. That's what that miracle showed him. It showed him who Jesus was. But it showed him, it took him to his knees. Because he said, I'm not worthy. I can't believe what you've done, Lord. Why would you do it for a sinner like me that you give me all this all this blessing of this fish? Why? And he's on his knees and he tells Jesus to go away. He doesn't say, Lord, let's have a party. Thanks for doing this and I really, I'm really glad that you like me and appreciate me that much, that you want to give me all these fish. But he says this, he says, go away. I'm a sinful man, I don't deserve this. But Jesus' response is, don't be afraid. Don't be scared and don't be fearful of your sin. Don't be scared. Don't be scared of the condemnation of the enemy. Because do you know what, Peter? I know you're sinful, I know you're a bad man, but do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make you fish for people. In fact, you're going to rescue others, you're going to lift other people up. You're going to pick other people up. You don't even feel strong enough to get it up yourself, you're on your knees telling me to go away. But do you realise Peter, I am giving you the ability to go and pick others up, even though you shouldn't be doing that. Let me remind you today the next time you feel like you get up and you think I'm not worthy of telling people about Jesus and what the gospel is and the power of the cross he has given you to he's he's allowing us to walk in resurrection life and the power of the cross so that you can go and pick up other people Sometimes I think I'm not worthy why should I be worthy of helping someone else get up I'm just as bad I should be down there myself but That's the power of the gospel and his grace That he wants to live inside of each and every one of you. And don't be afraid. Just repent. Just repent. Hallelujah. Remember this, the psalmist said in Psalm 40, He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. It gives you a firm place. It's not a place that you deserve. It's not a place that you deserve. And we're not called to live in self-pity. We're called to stand on the rock that is greater than ourselves. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today.